Welcome everyone to the Sister Stories podcast. This podcast is aimed at marveling at God's sovereignty in each of our lives as women and at encouraging one another via our stories. My name is Sophie and today I am joined by Jackie. Hi Sophie. Hi Jackie, welcome. Thank you. Um, so first of all, can you tell us uh, who you are? Sure, I am Jackie. I am married to Paul. Um, uh, like Anne, I am heading towards the big 6-0 next oh. year. Uh, we have three grown-up children, Ben, who's in Nottingham, Jess, who's here at Cornerstone, and then Steph, who got married last month and is now living in Wimbledon, which is lovely. Uh, we've been at Cornerstone since the very beginning, actually. We were part of the team that planted the church, which has been a, a massive joy and a privilege to watch how it's grown over the years. And I work part-time at the Good Book Company, which is a local publishing company. I am publishing coordinator, which involves a lot of post-it notes, basically. <laughs> we all love, we all love post-it Yes! <laughs> That's great. Um, so we're going to be talking about, uh, obviously, your journey to faith and uh, to knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but can you tell us um, about your family background, how you were brought up, what that was like? Sure. Um, so I was brought up in a Christian home, which is fabulous. I, my parents were both converted through Billy Graham, actually, at one of the big Billy Graham missions, I think in the, in London in the fifties. Um, and we lived in a pretty little village in Essex and attended the local church there. Um, and it was a fairly lively church community. It was a standard Anglican village church. Um, so church was very much a part of growing up. Um, I went to Sunday school, uh, so I knew a lot about the Bible, I guess. But um, it was about 11, really, when I signed up for confirmation classes that I first realized that I I didn't really feel any of it. Mm. I it, Confirmation was something that you just did, so I did the classes. But I was very much... Um, aware that God was real and I believed it all wholeheartedly but there was kind of a sense that I didn't really understand it properly mm -hmm. and I remember walking up the aisle at my confirmation thinking this really should mean more to me than it does mm -hmm. um, so there was an awareness I think that I hadn't really personally connected with God at that point um, and then uh, when I was about 13 there was a holiday club at church and Uh, one of the leaders was a delightful woman called Gwyneth, and she was one of those lovely people who just kind of glowed in her knowledge of God, and mm. and she really loved Jesus. And I, uh, that really challenged me because I suddenly realised that this wasn't just a belief system that she signed up to, but it was a personal relationship. And and I became very aware that 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 wasn't what I was enjoying. That as I looked at her there was a tangible sense that she was enjoying her relationship with God. Um, she was gloriously sort of unself-conscious. <laughs> one of the weird things I remember is that on one of the days, she had a huge ladder in her tights. And, and as a self-conscious 13-year-old, I was thinking, how can, she, how can she not be worried about this? How can this not be an issue for her? But she just was so full of the love of Christ that she just carried on regardless. And it, that was just one of those small things that made me think, what I have is not really real. Um, mm. And I remember going home one evening and just praying to the Lord that a, a, a sort of, I want what she's got 
kind of prayer, (laughs) you know? I just want to hand it all over. And so I think that was the beginning of my journey. Um, But then I think it took many years after that of, of reading and praying and hanging out with Christians. And the teaching at the church wasn't great at that stage but um there was quite a lot of going on around the youth group um that involved going to events where there was really good teaching so um so that so I think my faith was growing gradually over the years and so by the time I got to university which is where Paul and I met um I was kind of all in then and joined the Christian Union straight away joined a really good bible teaching church met lots of people who were really walking the walk, who'd been Christians for many years. And, and so that was a hugely mm. fruitful time. Um, uh, yeah, so that is my journey. Wow, that's that's amazing. And it's really nice to see that the the witness of that lady, Gwyneth, was like a good example in your life and a model yes. to... Yes, I think it's a huge encouragement to our evangelism and our just the way we live our lives can be a, a real testimony to, to our faith. Even if, even if we're not managing to put that into words with people, it can still uh, play a part in somebody's journey towards knowing who Jesus is. So yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you've talked about how her example pushed you towards, towards Christ's religion, mm. towards wanting to, to really know him and commit to him personally. Mm. Is there maybe a specific time or specific event that really sealed that in your heart or or not specifically? No, I don't think there was a specific time, actually. I think it was a general growing. Mm. Um, I think reading had a lot to do with it. I think I was quite a voracious reader. I remember reading Rebecca Manley Pippitt's um, Out of the Salt Shaker, which is a seminal oh, text <laughs> i i uh, proofread the translation of that book oh did you <laughs> yes completely out of the blue sorry yeah yeah so and i remember reading something she said in that book about that she used to say to non-christians just open up the bible and start reading put it into practice and mm. see what god does You know, just watch what God does. And I remember, even as a, just as a baby Christian, I remember thinking, wow, that's fantastic. It's so simple. I can do that. Yes. <laughs> I can just take the Bible uh, seriously and uh, believe that it's true and put it into practice. And so, um, and there have been lots of books like that over the years that have been really important. And then I think people were important in the journey as well. Lots of lots of uh, wonderful Christians that I met at university, as I said. And then, um, yeah, I did an apprenticeship later on in at Dundonald, actually, working with women there and did a lot of uh, studying and had a mentor. And, and she was wonderful. It's funny, yeah, people play a big part, don't they? I watched how she conducted herself in family life. I watched how... Her Bible was always open, how she was a wonderful prayer, um, how she loved people sacrificially. And uh, yes, I think um, it's people like that who have had a real impact as well. So it's a combination, I guess, of the truth lived out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's 
that's the beauty of the church, isn't it? Yeah. It's coming together and and actually sharing life, not just yeah. seeing each other just, you know, a little bit, but actually sharing our lives together and yeah. seeing how people live out their lives is making a huge difference, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And seeing God's faithfulness to them through difficult times, you know, when you watch somebody who's going through exquisitely difficult situations, mm. watching them cling on to the Lord mm. and hold fast to the truths that they know to be true even if they're struggling to to grasp them in real life um that's that's a massive witness yeah. you know and it gives you so much confidence in who god is and it does yeah, yeah. yeah it helps you to cling on yourself <laughs> certainly so, yeah, yeah. So you mentioned that you met Paul at university. Yes. How, what happened there? <laughs> so our eyes met across a cloud, a crowded, clouded, crowded CU, basically. Yeah. So I met him on the first night that I went to the Christian Union. Actually, um, he and his flatmate Paul invited a bunch of us newbies, first years, because I was a year behind him. Invited us to their flat. Uh, so me and my uh, friend Kate who I'd gone to see you with that first night, we went over to uh, to Paul and Paul's. There were two Paul's. Um, yeah, so that was the first time, that was the first time I met him. Yeah, and we didn't, uh, we started going out together uh, a while after that, actually. Yeah, so. And as we said with Anne, the rest is history. The rest is history. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so where did you go to university, actually? Exeter. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, it's a fabulous place to go. Loved it so much. It's got the moors. It's got the sea. It's a beautiful city. Mm. Um, it's a lovely campus, university. Yeah, it was great. Oh, Had a wonderful lovely. time there. Yeah. yeah. And so, what what brought you to Kingston in the end? Because we've moved around a little bit. Yes. <laughs> so um, Paul moved back when he fin- he finished a year ahead of me. He moved back to London with his parents in South uh, in Southfields. I then moved back to my parents, did a bit of studying the following year because I wanted to join the BBC. And in order mm. to do that, I'd worked out that I needed a secretarial qualification. Yes. So I, I went from a, weirdly, from a law degree to a secretarial course. Wow. <laughs> and uh, and, th- and ended up, I did end up working at the BBC, amazingly, through, that's a whole nother story, which you may or may not be interested in. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, then, so we needed to live either near where Paul worked in Wimbledon or where I worked in Shepherd's Bush at Television Centre. And so we ended up in Wimbledon because it was a much nicer place to live, basically, than, than Shepherd's Bush. That's what brought us to London. And then we started going to Emmanuel uh, Church and then planted into Dundonald and then planted from Dundonald into Kingston. Wow. So- yeah. Yeah, so from church to church. Yeah, lots of church planting, which is fantastic, actually. I think um, being involved in a church plant is massively encouraging because you're so dependent on the Lord in those times when you're planting a church. There's just a few of you. You feel really vulnerable. You've left behind a lot of your friends and your sort of church security blanket. And uh, you're waiting to see what the Lord will do. And you're building really strong friendships in in that context so it's an exciting thing to do so if anybody has the opportunity go for it great (laughs) yeah lovely anyone listening (laughs) (laughs) i'm now telling people to leave the church that's not good is it (laughs) church planting is a good thing exactly it's necessary at times yeah yeah (laughs) so it's i mean 
from your 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 years as a Christian, I'm sure you've learned many lessons and everything. But um, yes. obviously, we've had probably well quite quite um, challenging uh, a quite a quite challenging couple of years. Mm. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you've learned in that time? And I, mm. I'm sh- I think you've had quite a few. I have learned so much and it's been super helpful um, to sit down and think about it actually before doing this because I don't think I had really thought through but as I did I couldn't stop scribbling things down actually so it's great so I've yeah I've had to narrow it down a bit really so um, yeah so I I think um, first of all I should say that I should put it into context in that Paul and I were at the stage where Uh, our children weren't at home so two of them were married Steph was at university so um, we didn't have the whole small children homeschooling Mm. you know that awful (laughs) challenge that was ahead of all parents of small children so um, and after the initial six weeks Paul went back to school so he was working normally I was working out of the kitchen at home, but working normal working hours. And so, um, you know, so we didn't have a lot of the challenges that other people did. But that said, there were there were many challenges. And um, I learned so much, actually. So the first thing I would say I learned was um, that Jesus is utterly um, consistent and unchanging and faithful and, and that he is enough. Mm-hmm. Um when everything uh, that we felt was normal was thrown up in the air and, you know, our plans were scuppered and the things that we normally rely on are, you know, stripped away from us, that even in amongst all that, God does not change. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. He is sufficient. And and even he's working wonderfully in the middle of all that to change us and to grow us and, and for our good. And so I found a real comfort in God's character. And so I found that opening up the Bible in the mornings became a really steadying time mm. so that whenever those kind of, ah, we're in the middle of a global pandemic, you know, people are dying and it's all gone pear-shaped, when, all, when those kind of, feelings would bubble up inside looking to the word opening up the bible and reminding myself of um god's character lifting my eyes away from all that Mm. stress and strain and anxiety um became became a glorious thing so so you know reminding myself of god's character that was that was something that i learned um i learned a lot about prayer um i got into the habit after a while of an early morning walk um, and I used that time to pray. I had um, in the course of work actually because it was for a book that is about to be published actually um, I listened to a series of talks by an American pastor called J.D. Greer um, about prayer. The series was just called Ask actually Mm. and I found it really really helpful. He taught me how to kind of a riff on the Lord's Prayer, really, to to use that structure and to pray around it. And so I would do that every morning. Um, And I found it wonderful to be able to to cast all my cares on the Lord and to to pray about all those people who are in really difficult situations around me who I couldn't do anything to help, you know. I couldn't go around there. I couldn't give them a hug. I couldn't you know, I mean, there was a certain amount of uh, you could sort of cook for people and stuff, but 
if people are a long way away, you just couldn't get at them. And that was, it was really frustrating. And, uh, but I found great comfort in praying for them. Um, and there was something really conducive, I think, about um, going out into nature. Not that New Malden is particularly beautiful, but, <laughs> you know, just being out there in the, in the early morning in the quiet with the birds and the golf course. And uh, there was something conducive about mm. connecting to God, I think, um, in that sort of context. So that was, that was a wonderful lesson to learn. Um, and uh, just in case it sounds like I'm a bit of a spiritual saint, that, that has completely gone off the boil in the last month or so because of Paul having COVID and various other things. So, you know, these patterns that you develop um, sometimes fall by the wayside, but I'm determined, and you can all hold me to account, I'm determined to get back into my early morning walking. Please. <laughs> um, and also I think I became very much aware of the Lord's kindness uh, to us in so many different ways, in big ways and in and in really little ways, which, which is great. I think often when life is really busy, you're sort of so busy moving from one thing to the next that you don't stop to appreciate how kind the Lord is being to you. Um, and uh, so my dad had Alzheimer's and he deteriorated quite rapidly in lockdown. It wasn't good for him. Um, and it was really hard to watch that. It was hard to to watch my mum struggling on, you know. Mm. But we are so thankful to the Lord that uh, they had wonderful carers who were such a blessing. You know, I don't know that any of them were Christians, but they were a massive encouragement. Um, people in the village used to drop in and just stand on the doorstep and chat to mum. And, you know, that was that was so comforting for me at a distance, not able mm. to visit them very often. Mm. Um, and again, when dad died, there were so many ways that we saw the Lord's kindness in in how that happened, in the fact that it happened on a day when Steph and I had been over to visit, and he died very peacefully in his sleep, and there were just lots of things around the way that uh, that happened that, that demonstrated that the Lord was watching over us and walking with us through the through the pain and the suffering. Um, it's really... I always find it amazing. This, as you say, these little things that make yeah. me day by day we we might not even see clearly sometimes but then i don't know sometimes in the morning you pray for something just really small like i pray for just students to turn up to the cu in school yeah and just seeing like just one new student coming yeah something really small like that um i don't know it's just really precious isn't it yeah and yeah it's in the small things and in the big things that he does yeah yeah Yeah. and sort of outside of the church as well the way he so one of the other really encouraging things was we were we were having an extension built, as you mm, know, yes. designed by your wonderful husband, um, and and the Lord gave us these lovely builders who were such um, an encouragement. You know, they became they're not Christians, uh, they're lovely family guys, um, but uh, the Lord used them to bring so much comfort to me um, because whenever I came back from visiting my dad. Um, and those visits were always really painful and driving away from there was really painful. I used to cry most of the way from the A12 to the M25. But I, I knew that when I got back, I could make a cup of tea, go around the back and the builders would down tools and have a chat and just cheer me up, you know. And that was such a kindness of the Lord. And they were like brothers, really. And that was just one of those funny things where I thought, well, the Lord just knew 
that I was uh, that at a time when I couldn't spend time with family and friends and uh, church members that actually these builders could be an encouragement and they were so um you know it's amazing Mm -hmm. and I was so thankful for church family I've got to say I know other people have commented about this and um I it it was wonderful how the leadership organized all kinds of stuff to keep us connected with you know all kinds of craziness um and you did well in the home group challenges, didn't you? We had so much fun <laughs> in the home group challenges. I will never forget the lovely Marsha standing in our go- in our garden directing shaving foam at Anna Lane, you know, and chucking jugs of water <laughs> over her and all this kind of madness. Wow. It was, it was just wonderful. And I think actually, in fact, that was quite a witness to the builders because I think they could not believe the the nonsense that we got up to, but also the support network that was there for us. You know, I don't. I think it really challenged their perceptions of what church is. Mm, so, yeah. Um, yeah. So lots of ways in which the Lord's kindness was just evident day by day, and I think we noticed it more because the situation was so tricky. Mm. Um, and then I guess uh, the last thing is that I was really freshly reminded of the hope that we have because all of a sudden, that you know, the hope of an eternity with Jesus because all of a sudden death was all around us in a way that it had never been before. It was so big in our worldview, you know, the new, I couldn't, I couldn't listen to the news because the numbers were so terrible and um but I realized afresh I mean I knew it but I think I realized afresh that I don't need to fear death Mm. ever because of Jesus because of what he did and um and I didn't need to be upset when normal life was scuppered and my plans weren't working out because Mm. it's this life isn't everything you know the for the Christian the best is yet to come and so it doesn't matter if stuff goes pear-shaped in this life you know and that that hope I don't know how people manage without that hope and I think that hopelessness that you you saw in people um is a you know that's a wonderful point at which to come to them with the hope of Jesus isn't it you know that that whatever happens in this life and you you won't get people back and you won't get the time back but um you know, there is an eternity, there is a hope, there is life beyond the grave. Um, it just changes your perception of death completely, yeah. which is a glorious thing. <laughs> it is, isn't it? And it's so overwhelmingly big, almost, yeah. but so beautiful at the same time. Um, yeah. yeah, it's such a precious thing for all of yeah. us. It's just a glorious yeah. truth that you can rest in. Mm. Changes yeah, how right. you look at life. Yeah, mm. that's wonderful. So many things. Yeah, many things. <laughs> and I'm sure from that that and from your journey in general that you have advice that you could give to, to younger Christians or, or maybe to people in a specific circumstance. I, I don't know which yes. you would like. Yeah, yeah. So there were two things really and mostly mostly around the prayer thing, actually. I think I would say make prayer an absolute priority in your life and by that I don't mean necessarily the formal quiet time sort of prayer although that obviously is a great thing it's a wonderful thing Um, but I think aiming to learn to talk to our our father throughout the day you know to to build up that um, 
communication with him, talking to him about anything and everything is, I think that's, that's a glorious thing. And I'm absolutely preaching to myself because it's not something that I've cracked, but I've, I've thought about it a lot. And I just think it's life changing. Those days when I do that, uh, feel completely different to the days when I don't. Um, and I remember J.D. Greer saying something about a friend who he had said he never prays for more than 20 minutes, which I found quite encouraging because, you know, sitting down and praying for any length of time is difficult. Yes. But he then said, he said, I never go for 20 minutes without praying. And I thought, crikey, <laughs> <laughs> going for 20 minutes. You know, I can go for hours without praying. <laughs> and I think that's a real challenge. And I think connecting with the Lord throughout the day would be, will be absolutely life-changing. So that's one of my goals. And then I think the other thing is prayer triplets. I have been in a prayer triplet for getting on for 30 years now, which is crazy. Oh. Um, and it's been such a blessing to me. I have walked through all kinds of joys and sorrows with my two sisters in Christ. They are so special to me. Um, they know me so well. They uh, they hold me to account. They ask me really difficult questions that I'd really, they didn't, rather they didn't ask me, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> they laugh with me. They cry with me. We always have to have a box of tissues handy. Um, and they just encourage me so much um, that those friendships um, are, are very, very precious. And I I just think if you can do that, if you can find a couple of people um, who you can pray with and be really honest with, I think it's um, it can be it can really help your growth and it can stop you from wandering away from the Lord, because those those people will will draw you back you know they'll keep on encouraging you in the lord so that would be my advice yeah that's i think that's really useful actually because seeing the church grow which is obviously amazing mm. i think we need these closer relationships to anchor us even more and to yes hold us to account as you say yes i, I think, think so true. because with the best one in the world a home group is not necessarily the setting in which you're going to be that honest yes. and open um and so I just think a, a smaller group is mm. is great, really. Yeah. And it'll help carry you through the times when you're feeling pathetic. And, you know, we kind of shore each other up, which is yeah. great. You know, we all, we point each other back to the Lord. And quite often, two, two out of three of us um, will be struggling with our quiet times, you know, struggling with reading the Bible, struggling with praying and but but the other one will be okay, you know, and she'll pray up a storm for us and you know, so uh yeah, and we all go through different things at different times. So yeah, it's a great thing. Yeah, that's really useful. Yeah. Oh thank you so much, Jackie. And thank you for sharing your story with us. Um that's all for this episode of uh, Sister Stories everyone. But join us again next time.